Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey, everybody. It's good to be with you again. Welcome to episode number 22 titled Why I Hate Day Trading, Individual Stock Investing, and Gambling. So a lot has been going on in the world as I'm recording this. You've maybe heard stories about what's going on with Robinhood, GameStop, AMC Theaters, hedge funds. Some of this stuff may mean something to you and some of it may not. It's kind of a little bit hard to understand all of it, but with a little bit of reading and education, Hopefully, you can kind of understand what's going on. It's I am not a professional financial person, as you know. I'm a hobbyist. So I'm going to do my best to put what's going on in the world right now into plain English so that we all understand what's going on. So it all started, I think, with a Reddit board of some really smart people who got together and wanted to... Uh, tackle the hedge funds of this world. Hedge funds are huge companies that wealthy investors tend to use. They tend to charge 20%. They get 20% typically of their profits, plus they charge a percentage of assets under management. So they're hard to get into. They require uh, millions of dollars typically to invest in one, and they pride themselves in being sophisticated and want the wealthy people to come to them. So Uh, A Reddit community wanted to tackle some of these hedge fund managers because they thought what they were doing was corrupt. So I'm going to do my best to explain what this was all about. So in order to do this, I need to understand what there's a term called selling a stock short or short selling. And I want to explain a little bit about what that means. So most of the time for me and other people, we are long-term investors, which is means taking a long position, meaning I'm going to buy and hold an index fund and keep it for years and years and let the compound interest work and do its, do its thing. Short selling is a very different strategy than what I just explained. Short selling is an investing or trading strategy that speculates on the decline in a stock or other securities price is an advanced strategy that should only be undertaken by experienced traders and investors. Traders may use short sellings as speculation, and speculation carries the possibility of substantial risk and is an advanced trading method. So in short selling, a position is opened by borrowing shares of a stock or other asset that the investor believes will decrease in value by a set future date called the expiration date. The investor then sells these borrowed shares to buyers who are willing to pay the market price for them. Before the borrowed shares must be returned, the trader is betting that the price of that stock will continue to decline and they can purchase those stock, that stock at a lower cost. So the risk of loss on a short sale is theoretically unlimited since the price of an asset can climb to infinity. So this kind of happened during the 2008 banking crisis too, where people made, some people made millions. I think his name was Michael Burry or something like that. I still think he runs a hedge fund. 
but he saw he was a genius and he saw the housing problem in advance. He saw that this uh, pace we were on with the loans and with the banks was kind of unprecedented and would not last. So he took short positions and basically gambling that the real estate market was going to crash. And so while he was waiting for that to happen, he had to pay his investment, the people, the the companies he borrowed the stocks from, he had to pay them millions of dollars to wait until that happened. Then when the market tanked and the real estate market tanked, he was able to sell those shell shares at a much lower price and made millions and millions and millions of dollars. So short selling, as you can tell, is, is gambling. It is speculating. It is guessing that something's going to happen. So these, as we go back to GameStop, so what was going on is these hedge funds were basically selling, taking short positions in GameStop, betting that the market or the GameStop stocks were going to go down in price and then they would be able to sell them at that lower price and make all the difference between what they sold them for at the borrowed price, what they sold them for when they went down. Hopefully that all makes sense. So the Reddit community found out that these hedge funds were doing this. And so they went in and started driving the stock up in price so that the fund, the hedge fund managers could not sell their short positions. So I heard that some hedge funds went out of business because of this. It bankrupted them because this Reddit community was in such mass that they were able to drive this price up. And so the GameStop stock over the last week has been super volatile. Like a few months ago, I think it was $5 a share and then it bounced up to 200 and 400. It's been all over the place. I think the same thing has been happening with a few other companies like the AMC theaters and others. So it's been a crazy couple weeks in the stock market. And I was talking to a coworker the other day, and he has a son who bought GameStop stock because he heard of all this frenzy going on and wanted to get in on the action. It's It really draws people in to think, ooh, I can make a quick buck. I can make a whole bunch of money really fast. And in and this kind of trading, speculating quickly buying, quickly selling, you can make a lot of money really fast. But most people, this is also called day trading where people trade throughout the day to try to make money. But 90 plus percent of day traders lose money. This is really dangerous. It's very speculative. It's basically gambling. And especially young people who are doing it, the worst thing that can happen is they are right, they guess right, they get lucky, and then they think they're smart. And so they go back and do it again and again maybe get another win, another win, and then they lose big typically. So what young people and people who do this need to understand is there are um, thousands of PhD level financial people out in the world who are playing this game with you. Do you actually think you're going to outsmart them? There's always someone else on the other side of a trade. So we need to understand that doing this day trading and speculating and selling stocks short and doing things of that nature is a really, really risky approach. I would never undertake to do this. And I would, I obviously am not a financial advisor, so this is just coming from me <laughs> as a person. I would recommend that none of you do it either. Uh, the Some of the other hot stocks 
I want to shift to another topic really quick, which is owning individual stocks. So a lot of people will buy, will look at the price of Zoom or Tesla and think, oh man, I should have bought into Zoom or Tesla a year ago. I'd be a multimillionaire by now if I just would have done that. And hindsight is always 2020. No one can predict the future. Some people guess it right and get lucky. I don't own any individual stocks. I've told the story on this podcast before. My parents owned a sizable portion of a bank stock and they had had that gifted to them from my grandparents and due to sentimental reasons they chose not to diversify and they kept that single stock position then 2007 2008 2009 came along and their stock went from $80 a share to $20 a share taking a million dollar portfolio of a single company stock down to around 200,000 and that stock 10 12, however many years later, has still not recovered. It's still, I think, maybe $30, $40 a share. So it is, I don't know when or if it would recover. But so when you buy individual stocks, you can get lucky. And if people like to study that and get really good at it and know what they're doing and can spot a deal, more power to you. Uh, But most people, when they're buying individual stocks, are just guessing and speculating they don't know. They, they typically will buy companies that they know, familiar with. Ooh, I got to get in on Zoom. I got to get in on, on whatever company is hot right now. And typically at the time you know it's hot, the gains are already priced in and you've lost out on the opportunity. Again, there's people who study this for a living, have PhDs and are brilliant who you're competing against. This and Bitcoin is a similar thing. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, which most people don't know anything about, but they think, oh, I got to get on on Bitcoin. Look how much it's increased over these years. Again, it's a very speculative asset. It is very volatile, goes up and down, price varies. Uh, One guy has a Bitcoin account of uh, millions of dollars, but he only has two more opportunities to get to it because he can't remember his password. I mean, is that the kind of gamble you want to take with your money? Uh, Some people say, well, take 10% of your assets or 5% and have it be play money and kind of scratch that itch that you have to speculate on the market. And if that's really your thing and you love to do that, go for it. But personally, I don't want to gamble with any of my money. Uh, There's a reason why when you go to Las Vegas, the casinos are huge. They're bright. They're beautiful. They serve free drinks. They have uh, cheap hotel rooms, cheap food, but just beautiful, big structures. Uh, the casinos are winning. They, You see someone over there winning big on a slot machine, but you don't see the 99 other losers uh, that are losing and making nothing. So it's just really important to understand that when you get into day trading, individual stock investing, I think it's speculation, possibly gambling, depending on how you look at it. So people are wondering, should I get in on this GameStop frenzy? Should I buy some of this stock, should I jump in on the action? I feel like I'm missing out, the old FOMO thing. My, what I'm doing is nothing, absolutely nothing other than sticking to my plan. That's why I have a personal investment statement. That is why I stick to my plan and keep doing what I'm doing, which is buying index funds, dollar cost averaging into the market, every paycheck, uh, filling out my Roth bucket and investing in index funds. So 
just a few key takeaways circling back around to the short selling. I just want to make sure everybody understands that because it's a tricky concept. So short selling, again, occurs when an investor borrows the security and sells it on the open market, planning to buy it back later for less money. Bullet point number two is short sellers bet on and profit from a drop in the securities price. This can be contrasted with long investors who want the price to go up. And lastly, short selling has a high risk reward ratio. It can offer big profits, but losses can mount very, very quickly and infinitely due to margin calls, which is when you have borrowed that those shares of stock and that company from whom you borrowed, they do a margin call and call for it back. And if you don't have it back, you have to find the money to pay them back. And like I said, stocks can go up infinitely. So if that stock goes up, you have to pay it back at that price so you can get hosed in a hurry. So I want to get into another concept, uh, another place, Robinhood. It's a place where you can open up an individual investing account. I want to tell you why I don't like Robinhood. It's the hot new thing for teenagers, millennials, Gen X, or lots of people are into Robinhood. It is an online trading platform that makes it really easy. They'll offer you a free share of stock if you open up an account. And basically what it is, is buying individual stocks. So there's no IRAs in there. There's no Roth IRAs. There's no health savings accounts. There's no 529s. You can't buy mutual funds. It's all ETF exchange traded funds focused or actually single stock focused. So it's all focused on stock picking and trading. And this week they did something very controversial where they restricted trading due to this GameStop fiasco. So people were holding shares and they couldn't trade them. They could not cash them in. So there's a big lack of transparency with Robinhood in my opinion. And I don't think they have the investor's best interest at heart. I think they have their own best interest at heart and people are gambling their money away through Robinhood. A really sad story about a year ago where someone took his own life because of the speculative trades he was making in Robinhood and he won big but then he lost even bigger and he took his own life because of it. So kind of gets me back to what I've been trying to preach on this podcast is I like to stick to Fidelity, Vanguard, Schwab, accounts like that. I know that slow and steady wins the race. It can be boring, but John Bogle, I think was the person he started Vanguard. He said that investing should be like watching paint dry. It should be boring. It should be steady. It should be continuous. It shouldn't be this flash and flash that where we get a big adrenaline rush from it. I think that's why a lot of people do it, especially guys. Guys are more prone to this than girls. So, However, when I say this, some people say that any kind of stock investing is dangerous and therefore they'll just keep their money in cash or CDs, maybe some bonds. They won't even dive into the stock market at all because they think it's scary and they think it's gambling. That's where I disagree. I think investing in a broad-based index fund with thousands of companies of stocks, I do not see that as gambling. I see that as smart and a great way to make money slowly over the long run. I believe in getting rich slowly. I don't I think if you one way to get rich quickly is to start a great business, have a great new idea. If that's how you get rich, great. But in the stock market, I think it usually takes some time and it takes focus on lifting your income up so you can invest more and more into that and letting compound interest start to work for you. So in when you're investing in the stock market, 
there's something I explained in another podcast called standard deviation. It's basically how a lot of people determine how much risk you're taking. Like a standard and poor S&P 500 fund, which is a index fund, like a basket that holds 500 of the biggest and best companies in the United States, stocks from those companies. I think the standard deviation typically on S&P 500 fund is around 15. So a standard deviation measures the dispersion of a data set relative to its mean. So a volatile stock has a high standard deviation, while a deviation of a stable blue chip stock is, is usually rather low. So it's basically how much it will fluctuate from up or down. So one standard deviation for the standard and poor 500 fund index fund, like the standard, it, it says it could go up 15%, down 15%. That's just kind of on average. So it's good to have to look at that standard deviation score to see how volatile your investments are. A lot of people determine, say, well, volatility and risk are the same thing. I don't think it is. Like risk for me is losing my money. I don't really care if my investments go up and down as long as they're usually going up over time in the big picture. So when you think about, I've talked about the metaphor of a person walking up a hill with a yo-yo. That's what investing in index funds is like for me. Because they, if you look at a chart from 10 years ago to today, they grow gradually over time and it goes up. There are little blips where they go down. That is the yo-yo where we have volatility. Like this week in the stock market has been really volatile. I took a peek at mine a couple times, and there are a few days where I lost thousands of dollars, uh, loss in air quotes. Um, they're not real losses because I haven't, they're just sitting in my IRA and 401k. But on a day when the market goes up and down, you can, if you look at it, you'll, it'll show you that you lost thousands of dollars. Then on an opposite day where, you know, it's going really well, it'll show that maybe you've gained thousands of dollars, assuming that you've put some money in there. So it can drive a person crazy if they start looking at that and worrying about that. I don't get stressed about it because I'm investing for the big picture. I'm investing for the long run, not for the moment. So when I see my investments go down, it doesn't bother me. I think the um, times when volatility is basically how much your investments go up and down. But volatility, in my mind, is kind of like a friend to an investor because there's a relationship in investing between risk and reward. Higher the risk, the higher reward. I think index funds are the sweet spot, like the single stock investing and the jumping in on game stock, high risk, high reward, but that's way too high risk for me. Index fund investing is different. It's Yes, it is risky if you think about it in the short run, but over the long run, they make money and they do a good job over time. So volatility where the investments go up and down is kind of it, it can be your friend it tends to weed out all the people who can't handle those day-to-day -day fluctuations so if a person can't handle seeing their stock prices go up and down and losing money a few days here and a few days there it weeds those people out and they stick to cash for those of us who can stick with the volatility and ride that roller coaster up and down it pays us to do so. So volatility is the way we are paid as investors because if it were if there was no risk involved, if there was no volatility, everyone would do it and therefore we wouldn't make the money. So volatility is part of being a flourishing investor. So the fake investors they 
can't handle that and they'll bail, jump out of a roller coaster while it's moving, which is the worst time to do so. Uh, so this is where you have to know yourself really well. So if it drives you crazy to watch your investments go up and down and whatnot, you can add more cash and bonds to your portfolio to stabilize the ride for you if you can't handle that. That's much better to do than to jump out and sell when the stocks are down. Like I'm going to talk in an upcoming episode about why I currently have a 100% stock portfolio, but I do, and I it has paid off for me. So it's important to kind of find what your risk tolerance is and how much you can handle. Like, can you handle an 08 market where the market goes down 50% and stick with it without bailing out and selling? There's a lot of places that offer a free risk quiz where you can kind of look at your risk score to see kind of where you're at on risk and how much you can handle. Uh, there's a great website called talkingrealmoney.com. They have a great podcast, uh, Don McDonald and Tom Cock. They are two financial advisors. I really like those guys. Their views are, I think, rock solid on index investing and how, <clears throat> how to invest. They have a free risk quiz on their website you can take that will help you kind of determine what your risk tolerance is. So in investing, there's a big relationship between greed and fear. So these people who are jumping in on the GameStop, on the Bitcoin, there's a lot of greed going on in the market right now. And that can cause people to win big and lose big, uh, most losing big typically. And fear often comes into effect when the market starts to go down, the economy starts to get rocky, maybe political upheaval is in the air, people start to listen to the news more, and they bail on their investments because they're scared. So Warren Buffett said, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So that's just something to think about in investing. So if you educate yourself kind of on how the stock market works, you'll understand that volatility is expected. Like almost every period of time has volatility. And it's just the price you pay to be an investor. And some volatility is okay because it gives you that uh, long-term high reward over time. But if it's extreme volatility, like you see in single stock investment, day trading, penny stocks, don't do it because you're going to get burned. Uh, so now it's important to find kind of just that right amount of volatility that you can handle. Um, so some people just can't handle 100% stock portfolio. It's just too much volatility for them. If you're the kind of person who can just invest and not look at your accounts and just trust it, um, open it up every year or two and look at it, 100% uh, stock investment might be perfect for you because you can handle it and you don't get stressed out when your account starts to go down. But there are times where people get greedy and want to dump all their money into a single stock or into Bitcoin, or there's funds called where you can borrow money on leverage and invest more than you have. That is a very dangerous, dangerous way to invest. So the Standards & Poor 500 has had several bear markets over the last 60, 70 years. So a bear market is when the market drops 20% or more. So let me give you a few examples. Like in 1956, there was a negative 22% drop. In 1961, negative 28%. 1966, negative 22%. 1968, a negative 36%. 1973, a minus 48%. 1980, minus 27%. 1987, a minus 34%. That included a one-day drop of 25%. 
1990, a minus 20%, 2000, minus 49%, 2007, minus 56%, and 2020, just last year, we had a bear market with the pandemic where the market at one point was down 30%. Now, if you go back and study a chart of all those years, you'll find that even though there was a bear market during those years, most of those years did not have nearly as bad of a market as it hit at one point in time during that bear market. So, and so you can see that bear markets come along every few years, every four or five, six years, where markets can drop 50%, 20%, 30%. Every investor during their 40, 50, 60 year investing lifetime, they are going to experience multiple bear markets. Uh, it's part of the fee for being an investor. It's just how it works. The thing is, though, if you those numbers sound really scary, but if you look at the average return over that time period that I just mentioned from 1956 till now, it's been around 10%. 10% on your investments is a great return. That is what the average has been over the U.S. stock market over its existence is around 10%. So you can make great money with 10%. If you invest during your lifetime and you invest $500 a month, for 40 years, and you make 10%, you'll have $3.2 million at the end of those 40 years. So if you did it for 30 years, you'd still have over a million dollars. So if you just invest a steady amount, hopefully when you get a job, you can invest in your 401k, at least up to the match, hopefully invest in a Roth IRA and fill up those two, and you'll be doing great if you can just invest, start with 100, 200, maybe get up to 500 a month. And if you can do more, do more, you'll be sitting on a big pile of money at the end of your career. If you're interested more in early retirement, like the FIRE movement, like we discussed in a previous episode, then you'll need to invest more aggressively and obviously have a higher income so that you can aggress more aggressively. So uh, I just, I wanted to share all these thoughts today because I think... I am a big fan. I, I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of internet articles. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I know that many, many people are interested and are gonna, going to disagree with my stance on all of what I've said, uh, which is okay. We're entitled to our own opinions. My strong opinion is I am an index investor. I do not like to pay high fees. I do not like to take unnecessary risk. I do not like to see my money go to zero and possibly more than that. And, and, be feeling completely desperate because I don't have the money to pay someone back. I'm never going to live my life that way. That is not a simple life. It's not a peaceful life. This podcast focuses on living a simple and peaceful life, especially around money matters. So these are some really important things to keep in mind uh, and to teach your children. A lot of kids are picking up on this stuff because of social media where they can read things, hear things, rumor about things. Oh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do this. And they don't know what they're doing most of the time and they can get themselves in some really deep waters very quickly. So I encourage you to invest in index funds, invest in a total market index fund or a target date retirement fund, invest every month, keep pouring money into that. I know it's hard at the beginning because the account grows slowly, but plug your numbers into a compound interest calculator and you'll see how once you've been doing it for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, I'm nearly into, I just turned 49 this week, so I will be 50 soon. So I've been an investor since I was 20. 
So I've been investing for almost 30 years. I'm starting to see compound interest is taking a long time. You have to be patient. You have to keep working at it and stay steady and stay focused on it and be disciplined. But the rewards and the payoffs are amazing because those that compound interest, the more money you have in there, the more you can make and the faster you can make it. So that is episode 22, why I hate day trading, individual stock investing and gambling. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something from it. Uh, please follow the show at simple money underscore simple life on Instagram and let me know if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in an episode. Please leave a review and give a five-star rating if you think I deserve it on Apple Podcast app. Please subscribe and download shows as they come along on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And remember, the simple life is a good life. <laughs>